first. This record second and play. Tonight, as we search for the truth in the world today, where once the unbelievable is now true, and the government can't seem to tell the truth. on previous shows and whatever is bothering you tonight and you go with wide open eyes down the rabbit hole just to see how far it goes. Hello, everyone. This is Blue Collar Politics. I'm your host, Thomas Fry, and we have tonight for you. Mike Brown is a, I guess he would be UFOlogist, right? That's what I would say. Uh, that would be the best way to describe you. And I went to the, you know what? I had it brought up and then I completely, I flipped around the pages and lost it. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, sorry about that, guys. Um, Mike Brown has several eBooks on Amazon Kindle. Uh, he has Stealth Creation Volume 1, How Stealth is Made Volume 2, and Making Stealth Drones, etc. Volume 3, um, which the, contains depictions of a UFO never seen before in ufology, accor um, according to our guest, Mike. Um, they were out in 2015, and... That wow, three books already, and we are gonna spend the next couple hours uh listening and we're gonna go over um what everything that Mike has to say, and we will 
give many questions to him. And then at a later date and time, he'll be back as a guest again. Only this time we will do a complete visual presentation. So listen to what we got to talk about tonight. And then we will come back at a later date and time and show you everything. So you'll be able to go, mm-hmm, that's what he was talking about. But this is so important. I think we just need to we need to get started today. So let's rock and roll with this, Mike. Um, yeah, all five ebooks were published around October thirty one of twenty eighteen. Oh, okay. Well, that wow, five books. How long did it take you to write them? Oh, I think I started that around twenty fifteen. Oh, so you did it quickly. Uh, I started writing my book in 2015. I'm not done with it yet. <laughs> yep. I'm working on it, though. But It's a process. Oh, yes, it is. But when you got, you are very passionate about this. We were talking a little bit before the show. And he's giving me some pointers on, on what he was talking about. And I kind of don't want to start there, but I will let you start. Um, give us a quick explanation of what your books are about, and then we will segue into um, I'll be able to bring up and start asking your questions. Well, a book called Mock UFO, I was just explaining, don't judge a book's cover uh, just by the title, let's say. Mock UFO is a true UFO that I have on video. And the reason I said mock UFO is it is mocked out there in society and in the world. Um, also, it does mock or mimic the look of a mercury light or a security light or a street light or street lamp while not being those things. It is a real UFO. And um, I have mock for many reasons. You, you have to put a title of something. I can always change it later on, I guess, but uh, I make a paperback version, but. Um, so the basics there are just like that. Um, the stealth books are valid. I've had them checked out by the FBI before I released them to the public. And the FBI told me in person, they said, um, make these in a format that could be understood by the public and by us. So I decided to make the format eBooks. And, um, then there's, uh, the final one I call hacked. 2015, which is from around December of 2015. If you read that ebook, you'll see I predated a lot of the things and the concerns that have come up. And they're still valid and in the news today, um, September 2020. They're still in the headlines. So it's wow. been five, yeah, five long years of that. And it doesn't show any sign of letting up. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I mean, they just, I don't know if you, you read about it. They just had a UFO that was seen from um, I-75 in Tampa and people were stopping on the highway, getting out and filming this. So there were like on the news, there was like 50 different videos that they had on their website from the local news of this uh, space or UFO. I got to say UFO. As un well, as the true meaning, unidentified flying object, because I firmly believe 
that was U.S. military. There's a base down there in Tampa that they don't let anybody on. So I think there's a lot of secret stuff going on down there. Yeah, I think that was formerly uh, Central Command down there at McDill around the Tampa region. But uh, I heard there was a UFO that was seen as the Goodyear blimp up around New Jersey, New York. However, I didn't hear about this one in Florida. Is that so recent? Like it's like 24 hours old? Um, it's, uh, day before yesterday. So, I mean, it's very, very new. Okay. Well, my UFO is real too. It's on video and I had it checked out by the CIA supercomputers located near hangar 18 at Wright Patterson air force base, Dayton, Ohio, brought in by air force captain, retired Burke Burton, who in uh, Sarasota, Florida, he saw this video on my phone and said, it's a UFO. Can I take it to CIA? He did. And this was around 2015 February, the same time MUFON was doing their bad report, in which they only saw the jet in the background. Um, so it is valid, and it has a lot of data from the CIA um, they, they have measurements of this craft height, they have widths, they have even scientific data, including it's refracting, meaning it's changing direction while it moves through air, water, or glass. Wow. All valid, all valid. Yep. Many, many data points. And don't worry, folks, we'll have that video at a later date and time. So you'll be able to see it, right? Yeah, it's buried on YouTube. It took an hour for uh, the last guest to find it. He had people helping him. It's buried. YouTube buries the good stuff. Yes, they do. Yeah, but it's there. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. CIA had uh, all kinds of uh, data. They said that the uh, laser beam, well, they didn't call it a laser beam. They, they called the whole configuration a light. But I call it a laser beam for the sake of uh, lack of words. But it, they said that that is eight feet wide of a beam as it exits the craft. And that it expands to over 30 feet wide and that it is acting like a whirlpool. And I told the Air Force captain, you mean like an eddy, like a tornado? He said, no like a whirlpool. And he said, don't worry. The CIA told me to tell you, Mike, don't worry. We don't have stadium lights that big in America. So this whole UFO is the size of a city block, about 250 feet by 250 wow. feet, silent. And it's 1,500 feet up. And it went overhead and it's showering debris. I have 23 seconds of video of it. This was on August 6, 2014. In Grand Rapids, Michigan at 10.03 at night. However, I have a screenshot of it saying it's 11.03. MUFON said it was 9.03, and they also said it was 4.03 in the morning. I have taken this to LG, Life is Good, and they are on the case. I gave them all the screenshots about 24 hours ago, about 17 different screenshots in the videos, and they said they're interested in pursuing this and finding out why the times are wrong. And other times are wrong on my uh, metadata of other uh, phone picks, too. So there's something going on right there. Well, yeah. Yep. I mean, those different times. I mean, other than, other than someone being a moron and being in Central and, you know, the way they look at it. But, uh, you know, when you go into the metadata, I'm a digital forensic technician. So metadata is my thing. And okay. in order to change because that data is not there for the public to see. That is um, yep, just, it's hard data. Exactly. Hard it, metadata. Yeah. 
it's how the computer it's it's the communication between computers in order to get an uh to get a piece of information somewhere and yeah. those times are they follow the internet world yeah. clock which um should not be able to be changed at all manipulated no yeah that that's a whole thing in itself of why they would and and why it would do it several times i mean that that part of it would get me is if it you know can it change it after the fact of after somebody's looked at it i mean i could understand a time change while you're filming it um but not after so right move on time is Go ahead. The time is the time is twenty two oh two, listed below the time of ten oh three. Now it should say twenty two oh three, okay? Because twenty three would be eleven and twenty four would be midnight. So there's also another time change there. Right. So it's off by a minute, and then it's off in another situation by an hour, and then another one by hours and hours and hours. It's off. Mm -hmm. Mufon says that they have the coordinates. And the time is they put 2103, which would be 9. 22 is 10, 23 is 11. Right. They have that on the grid page from 2015 with Daniel J. Snow. I did not know the coordinates in 2015. I did not know how to bring them up or locate them. That's why I took a picture of the security light in 2016, just because I had to stand and get data of the coordinates. But I right. didn't learn to drop pin on Google and all that till later. So. If you can see that, um, that, those are some of the explanations there. Okay. Um, yeah, I definitely think um, the video part of this will will make everything a lot smoother um, in, in the our communication and the explanation of this. Um, I, the metadata should have the coordinates on in the metadata, so especially of a video. Um, a, a video will, when you're, um, if you're using a cell phone, did you use a cell phone to record this or did you use a camera? Initially in 2014, August 6th, I used the Android Optimus, a Verizon cheap phone of about $45. So yeah, there is some metadata like, um, the time, the date and the, um, uh, bull print of the time and maybe like that's it's an MP whatever and if there's how many megabytes but to dig up something like the degree angle of the phone or where it was GPS wise within a square meter or even the coordinates is not something I'm able to really do but I'm sure it's able uh, you're able to do that and I think MUFON was able to do that of course uh, to I get their uh, grid page done. Yeah, I can do that too. Um, but see that you take uh, it, it's to make a, a long story short. You take the hash marks. You then re- do a request to Metro PCS, and they will give you the metadata off the server because it's not stored on the phone. It's stored at its first con. Its first contact of of uh, the internet is uh from the main servers and that's where all that information is kept and yeah mufon so mufon's getting the coordinates correct because i dropped pin within a couple of points of their coordinates you know it's very difficult to uh index exactly where i was standing when you look at a google map but i got 
the numbers actually very, very close. So I knew they had the coordinates right. However, if they're getting the coordinates right, why did they get it at 9.03, at 21.03? Somebody was messing with them back then probably too, or MUFON was doing something wrong because MUFON said that there was a jet in the background coming inbound, but it was an outbound jet. So they called the whole thing the International Space Station, and they called my UFO a street lamp. So they did a lot of finagling. That sounds like they... Uh, yeah, that formula is not the easiest thing in the world when you're trying to uh, produce angles of uh, angles, you know, the angle of attack, which means the angle which you're holding the camera and standing from the picture. But that is required to add into the report for the legitimacy of it. Um, they got to be able to show what angle you're looking at, because there's a lot of times when you're standing on a on a lower angle you're on a steeper angle. If it's night out, you get a lot of really funny um, reflections uh, from street lamps and stuff like that. But it sounds like you're well past all that research. Um, I really don't, you know, MUFON is an all volunteer organization. Um, I think the only people that get any money on it is the creator and a few people way at the top. Um, I, when it comes to their research, I'd rather do my own. Now you've talked with the CIA, the CIA knows all that information, whether or not they passed it back to you. Well, you know, a lot of times they don't give back the information as much as they know. They only give you a, a short summary of it. So, um, it sounds to me like you've done massive amounts of research to prove that this thing was really there. Yeah, and to talk to the CIA, I went through the Air Force captain. He right. relayed back to me the information. We were in Florida, and so uh, way up in Ohio was where this was all conducted at the supercomputers of the CIA. So I never went there and spoke to them, and I never talked on the phone. I don't have a letterhead from them. I just have what the Air Force captain had. He has a lot more data, but he only relayed to me what he could. Right. So um, if you can understand that um, – in 2015, MUFON did not really call it a jet, like I was saying. They call it a satellite, the blinking satellite, the LED flashing satellite, the new one launched. And then they concluded that's the International Space Station. But I'm trying to tell them, no, that's a jet way up there. But MUFON did call it a jet, finally, uh, here in 2020, around, um, you'll see in September, where uh, they said, oh, we see it flashing at such and such an interval. That means it's the signal lights of a jet. Thank you for your report. Below it is the street lamp. And see, there they're looking at the jet again. I can't get them off it. And then um, again, in August of 2020, um, this was looked at by MUFON. Um, and, uh, and this was looked at by a guy named uh, Doug Wilson. Of course, uh, in September, it was looked at by Ken St. John. And back in 2015, it was looked at by Daniel J. Snow. But however, in um, August of uh, 2020, um, Wilson looked at it 
And he looked at screenshots I sent him, which are in my ebook, which have been out for years and shown to a lot of people on the internet. But however, he looked at these screenshots, embedded screenshots that explain the 2016 security light in relation to the 2014 UFO to make a more complete picture, only because the jet and the UFO are in frame, obviously, according to MUFON. And then again, the Mercury light and the UFO are half in frame each. So to make them all in frame to show even the where I was on the ground, I embedded images or screenshots in an edit and then MUFON in um, August of 2020 with uh, Mr. Wilson. He said, aha, I can see that the quote UFO is placed in the picture and the whole thing's a hoax. And it's like, well, that's not looking at the video. Is it? That's looking at screenshots. And he promised right. to look at the video. They all promised to look at the video. And nobody looked at the UFO. They all said, we're looking at the UFO. We're looking at the video. None of them looked at the UFO. They all looked at it with their eye and said, street light. Okay, I'm done with that. Why? Because they're so used to looking at dots or a little dot or a little blur. So they start looking around. They look for the jet. And you can't see the jet on video. It's so micro small. You can't even see the signal lights or the FAA lights. But they do. And when they do that, they blow it up and say, aha, that's the UFO you mean. Then it's a jet. But I explain 800 times, it seems. Do not look at anything but what's on the lower right of the video. That is called the UFO actual. Right. And on the left is going to be the security light. And way above it will be the jet. That's a consequence of air travel. It doesn't mean that I'm trying to trick anybody. That's just what was in frame. It could have been a kite. It could have been a firework. It could have been a Chinese lantern floating by. doesn't matter. It's a UFO floating around, too, and I'm going to get that in video. So it's a 22-second video. Sometimes it's 23. Sometimes it's 24. It jumps around. Hmm. So understand that they called that jet inbound on their graph where they put the number one at the top where it was first seen and they put the number two at the bottom of the slant coming down where it was last seen on video. And that was just to match trajectory of left to right travel of the International Space Station. So they altered it around just to favor it was an International Space Station. However, it's outbound jet and I showed John B. Wells on the John B. Wells show. We did 45 minutes back around February of 2019 but he uh, vaulted, he put away, he locked up that video. He won't bring it out. But he said, there's no way that you got the International Space Station on your phone. And so I'm like, yeah, he said it would fall out of the sky. So, but MUFON finagled it around. I'm trying to find some validity. I'm going back to MUFON. I'm telling them to give me the real goods on the UFO this time. They're not so responsive. They gave me an ultimatum. Mike Brown, they said last month, if we give you a report, you promise to take it as the word, that's what we have. So they came back and go, aha, I see a jet up there blinking in intervals. You have a jet, congratulations. There's the security lamp, the street lamp. So they kind of reneged on checking out the real UFO and now they want to hang it up, but that's not really validating, okay? Yeah, what they need to support, checking out the video. That's not what we asked for. Right. And I need to go to a real person, okay? Mm-hmm. A real company, a real person who can check this out and not be scared and look at it by eye, eyeball, and then complain to me, you need to put this in on a well, computer before we get anything. On the way I would do an investigation, now, this is 
exactly what I do for my daytime job. I'm a digital forensic technician. Um, but I, I don't want the video third hand. I, there's nothing I can do with that. I need the original video for either from the phone itself or from a known copy. That means a copy that was uploaded to a secure server with um, passwords attached to it. So let me ask you a few questions on this. Do you have the original phone still? I have the original Android Optimus. All right, you got real quiet there for something. Oh, I do have the original Android Optimus phone from okay. 2014 however they said the motherboard is fried because it had so much data it won't even turn on anymore but i do possess it yes okay um is there any way that we can where when you first downloaded this um i'm assuming you hooked your phone to a computer and then you downloaded the video onto that computer <laughs> What I did is to uh, take that real actual first time video off of Android Optimus and put it into YouTube. How I did that um, was probably just sharing that video and uploading it to YouTube over the airwaves. I don't think I had any USB. However, I have like five different cell phones since then, smartphones, uh, Androids. So basically, uh, what happens is when I transfer data to the next phone, right? Um, as much as possible jumps over. So I can even look on this new phone I'm speaking on now, which I got a couple months ago. I scroll all the way down in the Photos app, and the first video I took because I owned. Okay, you know, that, that, that original that phone. copy will not work. That's been, yeah. that's been, uh, excuse me, but that's been regurgitated so many times from the backup system. But yeah. if I got a hold of the copy that was on the um, server, who do you, uh, all right, with my phone, I use Google to do all my backups so I never have to download anything on my phones. It does it automatically when I get a new phone. Um, were what service were you? Did you did, were you using at the time when you downloaded? Well, when it automatically uh, back up the video, um, so that way it can download it to the next phone. Uh, what mm -hmm. service was your backup? I think I know what you're asking. So on the Android Optimus in 2014, when I took the video, I think it was uploaded automatically to Verizon Cloud. Okay. And I don't know if that was turned on or activated, but it probably should have gone. However, there's also um, Google Drive, which I need to update. It may have gone to Google Drive, um, and it's in the original phone. Um, and sending it to YouTube might have been changed by the algorithms there. Yeah, so YouTube probably... changes everything on it. It scrubs uh, a lot of the original metadata. That's how they get to claim ownership to everything because – they once you upload it to YouTube, it changes ownership rights from you to them. So th yeah, that won't help. But if I can okay. get, if we can get a copy somehow, and where I can prove it's between the phone and the uh, original backup, so that would just be. Um, you could literally ask Metro. Is it through Metro PCS or? Who's the, who was that phone through? 
This is a Verizon phone. Verizon. I'm sorry. I was I was thinking my system and asking you about yours. Sorry. Um, Verizon. Okay. Verizon will still have a copy of the original, and that's all we need to get to is the original backup. Um, there's several ways to do it. You can go through your phone now on your backup because once a recording is done to a backup server no matter how many phones you get it doesn't store more data on that original video so every time you get a new phone it'll download from that original copy and that's what i need to get my hands on is that original copy so i can put it in my program which which locks it down it it adds um, multiple hash marks to it. It puts it on my private my private server that is connected with the state prosecutor's office, and it's also 512-bit encryption. And then I download a copy from that, and that's what I work on. But okay, that, how about LG? Would LG be able to bring it, or we're just going to go through Verizon? Uh, well, Verizon has the server. LG is just the phone manufacturer. They don't okay. actually offer any service for that. Um, okay. How about if I can't? Um, how about if I can't turn on the phone because of the motherboard? We're still going to bypass that with Verizon. Plus, maybe there's a code or um, you know, a pattern. Or maybe I don't have to recall it. Maybe I can't recall it. Can that be still? No, that up? matters. Um, Good. We can okay. always. When you go, you can go to your backup service. Um, and download it, and it will download all the original thing. Now, it downloads it in a zip fashion that your new phone then automatically opens up and puts it. If I can get that zip unopened, um, which you can download to a computer, and as long as you don't open it and then forward it on to me, I can use that. And the reason why, I, I don't mean to be making this more difficult, but when I work on a case, and the way I'm looking at this is, I'm going to be corrupted. I exactly. I want to be able to. I want to be able to stand in a courtroom, put my right hand on the Bible, and swear to God that this is the actual original recording. I made a copy and worked on the copy. So all the data that I am speaking on is the, you can take it to the bank that it's the original. So as long as yeah. we can get that, and I have a program that breaks that zip down into normal. And when 